chapter 1. We'll be reading uh, that passage here momentarily, verses 1 through 9. Uh, first, let me say uh, thank you so much, uh, Don, for the songs that you led, brother. Appreciate you, Gary, for um, leading us, our minds, in the Lord's Supper, and for Heath and leading our minds in prayer. And even Jerry, who every time he does the announcements, I get a laugh. Because um, you never know what he's going to say. So, uh, again, we're dealing with ladybugs up here, and, uh, you know, ladybugs like a few things. They like shiny things that are warm. So, if one lands on my head, just ignore it, okay? Um, So, obviously, I am not Joel Danley, and uh, he is not here, and uh, he has gone to do the work in Dunlap. But, you know, it's important for us as Christians to understand that one monkey don't stop no show, right? Now, we wish Joel the best, and and just as uh, our brother Bill Greer was here for 33 years, um, we had to have a change, and unfortunately, changes are part of life, and sometimes we don't like those changes. In 1971, when the group came out with the song, One Monkey Don't Stop No Show, the the group uh, Honeycone, uh, the song... title itself carries a profound message and that song is emphasizing the indomitable spirit of resilience and perseverance in the face of adversity the figurative monkey symbolizes obstacles of negative influences that may try to hinder one's progress or dampen their spirit And certainly our spirit is dampened that Joel and Hannah and all the children have have gone to Dunlap and we wish them the very best and we enjoyed their time here. But we as a congregation must move on. We must continue to be strong and courageous. We must look to God for the answer that we need and understand that God, Jehovah Jireh, will provide for he is our provider. So... As we face the future in faith, let us look then to Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, for a biblical example of moving forward in adversity and change. As we understand here, Joshua being one of the two spies that said, hey, we can take this land, Joshua and Caleb. When Moses, his leader of 40 years, had passed away and died, All of that responsibility fell on the shoulders of Joshua. And in Joshua chapter 1, we read, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I have given to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. 
I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will be of good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Change causes everyone a certain amount of anxiety. New situations can be unsettling and can be very stressful in the life of the Christian. Generations change, leaders change, governments change, circumstances change, church leaders change. And whenever there is change in a major way, um, a lot of times we feel unstable, don't we? We feel as if though things are falling apart. It's right and proper to remember and celebrate those who have gone on before us. There is a time to reflect on the past and a time to face the future. And that's what we want to talk about today is facing our future. I I didn't talk to Charlie about what his afternoon lesson was going to be on, but I, I have a feeling that he's talking about some similar things that I'm talking about this morning, and that's uh, his title is Looking Back and Looking Ahead, and that's what we need to do. We need to look back, but also look ahead. So if you will, with me, Roman Roman numeral number one here, our point number one, we must exercise the courage of faith in order to face watersheds. So I'm going to tell you what a watershed is if you don't know. So Joshua chapter 1, the latter part of verse 2, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and Moses, my servant, is dead. This is a remarkable and stunning statement. Sometimes God tells us things we know but refuse to admit. We get so used to the way things were that sometimes we don't want to face the way things are going to be. In this statement, God is saying, the time for mourning the loss of Moses and for wondering what you're going to do next is over. Stop looking back and start moving forward. And that's what we as a congregation must do in this situation as well. We must move forward because there's many works that this congregation does and many that we're going to continue to do in spreading the good news of the gospel throughout the world. 
We must be faithful in all the things that we do and share God's message lovingly and in truth to the world. This was the watershed moment for Israel. The term watershed moment is an idiom that refers to an important event that changes the direction of history. And I would say we're in a watershed moment here at Saudi where we've changed history. And we're going to be looking for a faithful man who can fill the role of minister at the Saudi congregation. You know, Moses was 120 years old when he died, and he had been Israel's leader for over 40 years. He had been Joshua's mentor and model. Joshua had worked alongside him, seen Moses' character, decision-making, responses to crisis, his personality. He had even witnessed Moses' relationship with God and his faith in God, and certainly we can, we can say the same. The watershed moment, a time of change for Israel. When God directs change, it is always for a good reason. When God directs change, it is always for a good reason. Moses had been their intercessor with God. He had spoken with God atop the mountain. He had interceded with God on their behalf time and time again. But where Moses was the intercessor, Joshua was the warrior. For God gave the people of Israel, someone even stronger than Moses to take his place. God has his person for every situation. He has a Moses and he has a Joshua, each perfectly suited for the next task that God has that individual ready to face. We face our own watersheds or turning points in life. God supplies those who are gifted for the task at hand. Whether it is for a specific task or being a deacon or being an elder or suited for leading the church through a certain time period, custodians, Sunday school teachers, kitchen helpers and the like, he gives unseen and unsung heroes to the church who work without reward or praise to help the church move forward. God's people face change from time to time. And if we face it with God on our side, nothing is impossible. We must exercise the courage of faith in order to face watersheds in life. Point number two. We must exercise the courage of faith in order to move forward. Joshua chapter 1, the latter part of verse 2 through verse 6. Now you and all the people prepared to cross over the Jordan to the land I am giving the Israelites. I can hear Joshua saying, really? I am now the leader? I am Moses' replacement? Joshua must have quaked at the thought that he couldn't possibly measure up to his predecessor. 
Joshua must have remembered Moses' courage dealing with Pharaoh, Moses' determination as he led the Israelites out of Egypt, Moses' unwavering faith at the Red Sea as he held out his rod, Moses' meeting with God atop Sinai, and the radiant glow of God's glory on his face as he came down, Moses' confidence as he brought water out of a rock, and as he promised them food from heaven, I can hear Joshua saying, I can't possibly do any of that. Surely someone else would be a better choice. Joshua remembered the criticism and the rejection Moses suffered from the Israelites. And God says to Joshua, you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan. The reality of what was happening must have been crushing. The prospect of leading such an unpredictable, rebellious lot of people must have been utterly daunting for Joshua. And God knew that. He knew that at such a time as this, Joshua needed words of comfort, encouragement, and affirmation. When God orders his people to exercise the courage of faith and move forward, he provides us with reassurance. Okay, here come the, here come the words that all start with P, okay? He provides us reassurance. God reassures us of his provision. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 3. God renews his covenant. He reaffirms his commitment to the children of Israel. Reinstates his provision for the land for them to inhabit. Secondly, God reassures us of his promise. Just as I promised Moses, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 3, God does not change and he is fully trustworthy. God gives us provision. He reassures us of his promise. And thirdly, he reassures us of his protection. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5. Any fears they might have had, they should put to rest because God has it under control. God is faithful to his people. So when God commands us to exercise the courage of faith to move forward, he reassures us with his provision, his promise, and his protection. And lastly, he reassures us with his presence. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or abandon you or forsake you. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5. God is present in the congregation at Saudi. We have much work to do in remaining faithful to God's purpose and the tasks which are before us. The Israelites could go forward with the courage of faith in God who never changes 
and who is always with them, and the God who always is trustworthy and always keeps his word, and we serve the same God today. He provides us with encouragement. Three times God repeats the same words of encouragement. Be strong and courageous, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 6. Above all, be strong and very courageous, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 7. Be strong and courageous, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. These are the same words Moses had said to Joshua in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 7 and 8. But that was then, and this is now, then it was in the future Now it is the reality, and Joshua is understandably fearful for what task he has before him. We, as the people of God, all need encouragement, especially in times of change and uncertainty. There are enough things to discourage us in life in general. Just watch the news. Many of us need to encourage one another. So we all need encouragement. And we all need affirmation that what we're doing is good and appreciated. As we often say, you can do it. You can make it through change. You can make it through adversity as long as God is on your side. It takes strength and courage to face such a task. Our strength and courage is rooted not in ourselves but in God. Faith in God who is all-powerful and fully trustworthy. Faith in God, in the God of Moses and the God of Joshua. Remember, their God is our God. When we move forward, we need to be strong and courageous in order to accomplish God's purposes. God's purpose is that we spread the good news of the gospel throughout the world. That every creature on earth hear the good news of the gospel. We have a daunting responsibility before us as a congregation of the Lord's church to teach those who are lost. We so oftentimes in our prayers pray about people's physical health but we need to be praying also for people's spiritual health amen because there are many among us and many around us who are spiritually sick and suffering and dying and we must share the good news of the gospel with them through love and dedication to the gospel. Remember Joshua, what you said back then, we can do it. We can overcome them and take this land. Well, now's that time, Joshua. That's why we need supernatural strength and courage in order to accomplish all the things that God purposes for us as a congregation to do here at Saudi. So then first, we must exercise the courage of faith in order to face watersheds. Second, we must exercise the the courage of faith in order to move forward. And thirdly, we must exercise the courage of faith in order to stand 
firm in God's word. I don't know why that says chapter 6. It's supposed to say chapter (laughs) 1. My bad. Moving forward requires that we stand firm. That sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't it? But it isn't. We need to move forward in order to accomplish God's purposes And we need to stand firm in order to be faithful to God's word. Above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn it from the right or the left so that you will have success wherever you go. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 7. Only... By exercising the strength and courage of faith can we fulfill the purposes that God has set before us. And we must continue to be faithful to his word. Change is tough. It challenges us. It rocks our world. It can be so disruptive that we want to give up sometimes. That's why we need these words of encouragement from God. That's when we need to be focused on fulfilling the purpose of God in our lives and being faithful to the word of God and that it takes strong courage to stand firm in adversity. (coughs) Facing watersheds or troublesome times and moving forward create insecurity in the life of the Christian sometimes. But standing firm on the word of God gives us stability. It gives us a firm foundation in which to stand. God's word must characterize our speech as Christians. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. We must talk about it with our family, with our friends, with our neighbors, with the world. We must teach it to those who don't understand. We must explain it to those who are not Christians. God's word must control our thoughts. We are to meditate on it day and night. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. By reading it regularly so that we may understand it. Meditating on it deeply so that it becomes part of who we are. Shaping and directing how we think, how we act, how we feel, (coughs) how we relate, and certainly with the decisions that we make. Notice that these instructions are so important that God repeats them twice in verses 7 and 8. What does it mean to obey and practice God's word? It means not veering away from it to the right or the left hand. Not deviating from it from the truth in a single iota. Just because they're going to be changed doesn't allow us to waver from God's word. It takes courage to be unyielding, turning neither to the right or the left, Joshua chapter 1 in verse 7. If you stand firm for God, fulfilling his purpose and keeping his words, then you will have success wherever 
you go. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 7. And finally, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. We see the final remarks. Courage lies at the root of dealing with change successfully. Without courage, we will be weak and give up at the first obstacle, so we must be <coughs> excuse me, courageous. Satan's weapon against the Christian is discouragement. Discouragement weakens the Christian, and Satan knows that without courage, he has stripped us of the most important tool in our arsenal, and he has effectively taken us out of the battle. But we read verses like Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9, and we're reminded, why should we do this? Because God has commanded it. Haven't I commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. So how can we as Christians do this? We can look to God and his word for encouragement. We can take that word and meditate on it day and night. We can apply that word to our lives and understand that spreading the good news of the gospel is not only the minister's responsibility, it is each and every Christian's responsibility to share the good news of the gospel throughout the world we do that with words but mostly we do it with our actions those things that we choose not to participate in and those things we choose to participate in choose not to participate in the partying partying and wrangling of so many in the world but we make the choice to be here on Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon Sunday morning for Bible study and Wednesday evening for Bible study because that's what we choose to do because we want to stand firm on the word of God. We want to be encouraged and when we come together we encourage one another. Like Joshua, we all face fears and inadequacies at times. God knows that in advance and he encourages us to and reassures us of his faithfulness and trustworthiness as our God. So we need to trust God to enable us to become all that he wants us to be. To expand the borders of our ministries both here and around the world. We need to trust God's promises, his power, and his presence. And that he will never leave us nor forsake us, that his love and commitment to us, to his people, is unchanging. If you will, take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 31. As we face changes in the future, we have nothing to fear and everything to look forward to. When we exercise the courage of faith in God, who is faithful to his people. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 31, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version, beginning in verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is with us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? 
Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as a sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. In a gospel reading, Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20, again reading from the English Standard Version. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them, and when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth was, has given, been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. God is with us. Be strong and courageous. Our work on earth is not done. We have a responsibility to the Saudi community and to the world to show how God's people behave in adversity. When we face those difficult times in life, those watersheds in life, we face it forward, looking forward, and being the faithful Christians that we should continue to be. Yes, it is difficult. Yes, we have a daunting task before us of choosing a faithful man and his family to come and worship here at Saudi, but you know what? We can do it. God is on our side, and we have much work to do. If you are not a Christian, we want to offer you an invitation to look to God's word for the things that are necessary for you to do. One must hear the word of God, believe the word of God, repent of your sins, stop sinning on purpose, have that change of mind. Confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth. Be baptized for the remission of your sins as God adds you to the church so that you, too, can have the blood of Jesus Christ. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, continuously cleanse you from your sins. If you are a Christian and have fallen away, God wants you to remain faithful to death, even if your life is threatened to be faithful unto death to receive that crown of life. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10. 
He wants us to walk in the light, to continue to have fellowship, that that blood can continuously cleanse us from our sins, to confess our sins if they're in a public nature, and if they're in a private nature, to confess those sins to God so that he is faithful and just to forgive us if we but repent. If you have a need this morning to respond to the Lord's invitation, to become a Christian, or you are a Christian and you've fallen away and committed sin publicly, or you need the prayers and thoughts of your brothers and sisters in Christ, we encourage you to come forward now as together we stand and as we sing.